in today's word. Hope everyone is well. I'd just like to say happy Easter to you. It is a great day today. We've got a lo got lovely sunshine. So we really thank God for today. The resurrection of Christ. We really thank him. Amen. Okay, I'm going to open up in prayer and then I'm going to proceed with the word. Father Lord, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for the word that's going to come forth, oh God. We pray, Father God, that as the word comes forth, oh God, that you will anoint each nugget that comes through. We pray, Father God, that the word will come and you will sow seeds, Father God, of fruitfulness in our hearts. Father God, have your way. Anoint me, O oh Lord, as I share. Let your will be done today. Let your word come and do what it's intended. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Today's word is called partnering with the Holy Spirit. As I waited on the Lord just to find out what to share on, the Lord gave me a snippet. He said, share on the Holy Spirit. But then as I probed the Lord more as to what to share, he specified a bit more partnering with the Holy Spirit. I felt that especially in this season, it's a, um, we especially need to partner with the Holy Spirit because there's nothing certain right now. The only thing that's certain is God. So we really need to partner with the Holy Spirit right now. The Holy Spirit will direct us. He will give us wisdom as to what to do and what not to do during this time. You know, and especially during this time of austerity as well, it's important that we partner with the Holy Spirit so that we can receive a hope and a future, as it states in Jeremiah 29, 11. Before I go more into partnering with the Holy Spirit, I'd just like to speak just a bit about the Holy Spirit itself. As we know, the Holy Spirit is actually a real person who's come to reside within us. When Jesus was leaving, he spoke to his disciples in John 14, 16, and this is what he says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot see, sorry, who, whom the world cannot receive because it does not behold him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Okay. Another thing about the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is equal in every way with God. Okay. He can, he's considered to be the third person of the Godhead. It says in Matthew 28, 18 to 19, that all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore to make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of age. Also, the Holy Spirit has the same attributes as the Father and the Son. Okay. Also, the, the Holy Spirit has an intellect. The Holy Spirit has emotion and a will. So, therefore, when we grieve the when we grieve the Holy Spirit by going. Um, doing the opposite to what God wants us to do, the Holy Spirit feels he's, he's grieved by what we do. Another thing about the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit has the primary role of um, helping us to bear witness of Jesus Christ and what he has done on earth for us, the truth that he has. 
the Holy Spirit also teaches us God's truth and he reveals God's truth through us because in John 14 26 it says but the advocate the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name will teach us all things and will remind us of everything I have said to you so we have somebody that reminds us of what Jesus has done for us the Holy Spirit also is a source of revelation a source of wisdom and power it says in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 10 to 11 that these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thought except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is the power of belief that believers need to exercise God's power. When Jesus, um, in Acts 1 verse 8, Jesus told his disciples that they will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on them. And that was the day of Pentecost that this took place. Okay, another final point about the Holy Spirit before I go into partnering with um, the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit lives inside every one of us, every believer, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And as the Holy Spirit lives within us, he helps us to create God's character within us. Okay. So with all that I've said about the Holy Spirit, we can see that the Holy Spirit is very important if in the life of, of a believer because the Holy Spirit is there in place of Jesus. When the Holy, when the disciples, during um, the disciples' time, they had Jesus to basically teach them things, to show them um, things, to share wisdom with them. But now we have the Holy Spirit because Jesus has gone to be with the Father. Okay. When I look at the word what um partnering means okay the word um to partner with something when i looked up in the dictionary it says either a pair of people engaged together in the same activity so we know that when you partner with with something you're basically working with them you're united with them so when i think about partnering with the holy spirit we're actually working with the holy spirit according to what he wants us to do so it's important it's important that when we partner with the holy spirit we know that we're connected with the holy spirit we we're united with the holy spirit and how he wants us to live he he gives us nuggets of how he wants us to live okay so sharing about the partnering with the holy spirit how can partnering with the Holy Spirit help us? One of the first ways the um, Holy Spirit can help us is by being obedient to God. Being obedient to God. When we're obedient to God, we do what he wants us to do. And we have his word to help us to do as he wants us to do. Okay. We have Jesus, who's our perfect example of how to partner um, with God. because when he came down to earth he literally um, was in submission he was obedient to the authority of his father okay he was sent by god to die on the cross for our sins to be forgiven and he did exactly what his father told him to do he didn't go away from what he needed to do he did exactly what his father told him to do so that's him being obedient in john 8 29 we read the one who sent me is with me he has not left me alone for i always do what pleases him 
he always did what pleases the father. He didn't tweak the plan. He perfectly followed the plan. So as we hear what the Holy Spirit wants us to do, we are encouraged as well through Jesus' example to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do. Okay? Hebrews 4.15 says, We do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. So we know that Jesus came down on earth just like, just as, just as a man, okay? He, um, he, he um, God did not send somebody who wasn't able to identify with us. He felt what we did, the emotions, he felt it. He could identify with us, okay? As the scripture says, we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. He feels, he felt what we did, okay? He was tempted in every way. So Jesus knows what we went through, okay? So therefore, he's our perfect example of obedience. So he, if, he, if he was obedient, we can try to be obedient ourselves to what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do, okay? As we know, we're um, celebrating Easter. Friday was Good Friday. Jesus died on the cross for our sins to be forgiven. Today is Easter Sunday. He's resurrected. Tomorrow is his ascension. He goes to be with the Father, okay? So this is a perfect time for us to think about what he did um, at this time for our sins to be forgiven. Okay, so therefore we know that Jesus came on earth to die for our sins to be forgiven. He followed the plan. He was obedient. He was submissive. So we can try to do just that. In Romans 8, so in Romans 7, verse 15 to 20, it says, I do not understand what I do, but what I do, what I want to do, I do not do. But what I, what I hate, I do. This is Paul speaking, okay? I'm not sure how many of you actually go through this, but I know I feel this all the time. I, I'll start again. I do not understand what I do. But what I do not want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And that's called temptation. We all go through this whereby there are things we need to do, we don't do it. But the things that we don't need to do, those are the things that are pulling us. Those are the things that are attracting us to do those things, okay? And that can kind of like deter our obedience to what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do. But I'm encouraging us that we have Christ to look to. We have the Holy Spirit to help us in our weakness, to help us to do what we need to do. And we can bring these things to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I'm really struggling today. You know, I, I really sometimes it's even waking up to pray don't have the strength don't um, want to for whatever reason but let's just speak to the holy spirit let's unburden ourselves to the holy spirit tell him what he um what we're going through what we're struggling with in 1 samuel 15 22 we have um instructions that were given um to King Saul, and he didn't follow those instructions. He was asked to kill the Amalekites and destroy King Agar, kill King Agar and kill the, um, everyone that was present. 
and also get rid of all their possessions. But he didn't do that. King Saul didn't do that. He didn't follow the plan. He tweaked it. He did his own thing. And his response was, but I did what God wanted me to do. And what his excuse was that what he left behind, he left King Aga and he left the good um, sheep and lamb. His um, response was that he was going to use that as a sacrifice to God. And in 1 Samuel 15 verse 2, Samuel says to King Saul, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying him? To obey is better than sacrifice and to heed is better than the fat of the rams. How many of us have been in that situation whereby we've been told one thing and when we do it, we're tweaking the plan. And then when we're asked, oh, but I thought this was better. You know, I know that I've been there. I can raise my hands to, to that, you know, but obedience is better than sacrifice. You know, I have my children here whereby you tell them to do one thing and they're tweaking the plan and you're thinking, um, come on, what did I tell you to do? Well, we've all been there. But this is why we have the Holy Spirit helping us in our walk, helping us to be obedient to what the Lord has told us to do. If the Holy Spirit is telling us to do what we need to do, it's best that we listen. Because who knows best? In Isaiah 55, 8 to 9, it says, My thoughts and my ways are not like yours, just as the heavens are higher than the earth. My thoughts and my ways are higher than yours. So basically, God here is saying that his thoughts, his ways are not like ours. As long as the heavens are higher than the earth, then therefore his ways and his thoughts are higher than ours. So when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, that is God speaking through the Holy Spirit to us. So who knows best? Is it us or is it God? So if God says to us, I want you to go and speak to your neighbor, um, I want you to, you know, bake and do that for them. We decide, oh, you know what? It's not the right time now for whatever reason. But God has spoken to us. I'm giving this example because that's exactly what the Lord spoke to me about and I didn't do it I made an excuse and I didn't do it I found another way of doing things and that's not how God wants us to be because his ways are higher than our ways another way that the Holy we can partner with the Holy Spirit is he helps us to deepen our relationship with God I want my relationship deepened when we spend time with the Holy Spirit, he speaks to us. He gets to the core of us. He speaks to our heart and he helps us to draw closer to God. As it says in James 4, 8, come close, come near to me and he will come near to you. When we're near to God, everything works out. Everything is perfect. Who doesn't want that? Who does not want that? So the Holy Spirit helps us to draw near to God. He deepens our relationship with him. He helps us to embrace the things of God by spending time in his presence. We're hearing him, we're talking to him. We can spend time reading his word. We can spend time worshiping, listening to worship. It's all part of drawing closer to him, him deepening our relationship with the Lord. 
especially during this time that we're going through lockdown. We're in the house. We can spend time with him. We can spend time with him, just hearing what he has to say to us at this time, what he wants us to do, who he wants us to help, whether it's a neighbor he wants us to knock on their door to see if they're, if they're okay, whether it's a particular person. I've been finding out that the more time I'm spending with God recently, he's dropping people into my heart for me to get into contact with. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, like I said, we're all home. You know, we have a lot more time on our hands at this time. So therefore, the more time we spend with him, the more we can deepen our relationship with him. We can hear what he has to say to us in this season. You know, it, it could be encouraging somebody. Maybe they're not going through, uh, um, they're, they're having difficulty during this time. They're going through um, some challenging times during this lockdown. They're not able to cope. Maybe it's encouraging them. Maybe it's giving them a word. But the more time we spend with him, the more time we can actually hear what he has to say to us. In Psalms 145 verse 18, it says, the Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. So therefore, as we invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts, we're inviting the Heavenly Father really into our hearts because they are one. Another way that we can, just checking the time. Another way that we can partner with the Holy Spirit is that the power of the Holy Spirit helps us to operate in our gifts and our talents. The power of the Holy Spirit, because when the disciples, um, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples then. And when the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, then they were able to go out and do different things. They were filled with power. They were filled with wisdom as a result of the Holy Spirit, you know, coming um, down and filling them. So the Holy Spirit helps us to operate the given, the talents and the gifts that the Lord has blessed us with. And they come through the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to 11, we see the different um, gifts that we have. Message of wisdom, message of knowledge faith, gifts of healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing um, between spirits or discerning of spirits, speaking in different kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. They're the different gifts that the Holy Spirit brings and blesses us with. We see that in Acts 4 verse 8, the Holy Spirit helps Peter to speak to um, the elders of Israel and when he spoke to them they were absolutely goes on to Acts 4.30 when he spoke to them they were absolutely amazed because some of the disciples they were uneducated so when they see an uneducated man standing there speaking with such wisdom with such power with such clarity and the information that he was speaking they were in awe thinking oh my goodness you know and they said he must have been with Jesus that was the Holy Spirit speaking through Peter. Sometimes you, you um, want to do something, you want to speak about something, but you, with, within yourself, you feel scared, you feel nervous, 
but the power of the Holy Spirit helps you and people see you in a different light because they're like, oh my goodness. And that's exactly what happened to Peter. In Acts 13, verse 9 to 10, we see the Apostle Paul in Paphos and being filled with the Holy Spirit, he was able to speak to a sorcerer. His name was Elimas. And he was able to tell him that he was a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. When you're an enemy of everything that is right, it means that you're against everything that is right. And he was able to see this because God's power was working in him during that time. Also in Acts 5, we see um, Peter again telling Ananias and um, Sapphira that they were lying. Basically, the background to this story was that during that time, during that season, um, when people were being saved, um, the, all the believers, they were getting together in one heart, it says in um, Acts 4.32, and they were selling all their possessions and they were sharing it. Now we had Ananias and Sapphira. They volunteered to do the same thing because that's what everyone was doing. They're in one heart and one spirit with doing that, sharing their, their possessions. But Ananias and Sapphira, they decided between themselves that even though they have sold their property, they were not going to disclose everything. They weren't going to give everything. And as a result, they went in front of Peter. I would have been scared to do that because of the power that was within the disciples at the time. If I've witnessed how they were ministering, I would have been scared to go in front of them, knowing that I'm lying. But they did. And when Peter asked them, you know, he told them that they were lying. How could they be lying? And he asked them again. And they repeated that they were not lying. One by one, one after the other, they fell and they died. So the power, the, the spirit of God within Peter was able to um, see that these two were lying about the property that they have, that they had sold. Another way that we can partner with the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit helps us. He, um, he increases the servant's heart to become hungrier for the things of God. The more we partner with the Holy Spirit, the more we connect with him, the more he increases us in the things of God. And we want to do more things for God. You know, just picture a time of when you fell in love, you fall in love with somebody, you just want to be with that person, you want to do things for them, you want to serve them. They say to you, oh, can you go to that place? And Oh, yes, of course I will. Can you do this for me? Oh, yes, of course I will. You know, because you're so in love. You know, you would do anything for them. You will go to Timbuktu for them, you know. But that's what the Holy Spirit does for us when we spend time with Jesus. When we spend time with him, we become hungry to serve him, to do things for him. We become hungry to go anywhere for him. Our servant's heart becomes full and it increases and we want to do more things for God. The Apostle Paul, he was a true servant of God. 
After his conversion to Christianity, he worked faithfully in God's kingdom. With the help of the Holy Spirit, Paul and other disciples served God traveling from place to place, ministering to the multitude. God wants us to serve him. He wants us to serve him, whether it be in our homes, serving our family, that's still serving. Whether it be in our workplaces, serving in our roles, whether it be in the community, whether it be in our neighbours, whether it be in a church. We need to serve as well from a place of joy. Serving him from a place of wanting to, doing the things that he wants us to do. It says in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7, each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So when we serve, we're serving from a place of joy, like I said, giving freely. Because when, when, you're, when you're serving him, you're not being forced to, you're doing it out of your own volition, out of your heart of reverence and love for God. In Matthew 25, verse 23, we, Jesus tells, um, shares a parable of a wealthy master who gives his um, servants, it was three of them, um, different gifts, bags of gold to go and invest. And one of them doesn't actually do that, but the others do. And to the others that did, he said to them, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things and I will put you in charge of many things. So as we serve him, we get a blessing. Who doesn't want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant? I know I do. Amen. Another way we can serve the Lord Sorry. Another way that we, when we partner with the Holy Spirit, um, he helps us is that he fills us with God's perfect love, which casts out all fears within us. We want to be filled with God's agape love. You know, his unconditional love. When we're filled with that, any fear we have gets been put away gets cast out he definitely gets cast out as we partner with the holy spirit he reveals himself to us more and we have access to god's love and he just puts out those fears that are lurking there in 1 john 4 verse 16 to 18 we see here that it says god is love and god is love whoever lives in love lives in god and god in them this is how love is made complete amongst, among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We want God's perfect love in us. As we... As we um, encounter God more, 
So as we encounter God more through the Holy Spirit, less fear gets removed. And I've seen in my own life, as I spend more time with God, getting more into him, the fears that were there one by one, it gets put to one side. It gets put to one side. The foundation of Jesus is sacrifice. The very sacrifice, the foundation of that sacrifice is love. John 3.16, Mel um, ministered on it this morning. Mecca also ministered on it this morning. And I am about to minister on it. The foundation of Jesus' sacrifice is love. John 3.16 said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for our sins to be forgiven. And whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Love was the basis for our sins to be forgiven. God looked down upon us with love and thought, no, he needs to help us. He needs to reach out to us. And here we are this Easter weekend. If it wasn't for God's love, we will not have Good Friday. We will not be celebrating today that Jesus has resurrected. We will not be celebrating tomorrow that he has ascended into heaven. I remember when I, when I used to be in Sierra Leone on Easter Mondays, we would fly kites to show the ascension of Christ going into heaven. His love is there to cast out all fears. His infinite love is there. It has no bounds. It is endless to help us in all things. We embrace his love. The fears that the enemy puts our ways, it literally just pops out. His word tells us in 1 Timothy 1.7 that the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love and of a sound mind. We thank him. The Holy Spirit fills our hearts with the peace of God. As we embrace the Holy Spirit, we connect with him, we draw closer to him. God's peace fills our hearts. As we trust in him, because his word in Proverbs 3, 5 tells us that trust in the Lord with all your heart, leaning not to our own understanding. The moment we start leaning to our own understanding, that's it. So leaning not on our own understanding, we trust in him. He will bring peace to us. Philippians 4, 6 to 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. These words, when we read them, they should bring life to our situation. His peace should flow in as we read them. Because they are life. They are life. They are God's word. Job 22, 21 says, submit to God and be at peace with him. In this way, prosperity will come to you. God's peace will bring us prosperity. We will flourish in all things with God's peace. In our health, 
in our ministry, in our service to him, in the things that we want God to do for us. We will flourish with his peace. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, says in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you peace as the world gives you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. We have his peace there. Isaiah 26.3 says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. With that, I'm going to close because I can see that my time has come to an end. Literally just crept up on me. Father Lord, we just want to thank you for this word. We thank you, Father God, for your Holy Spirit that leads us, guides us, teaches us all things, fills us with your wisdom. Father God, we pray that this morning you will help us to connect with the Holy Spirit, to partner with the Holy Spirit. And we pray, Father God, that as we abide in the Holy Spirit, oh God, that you will help us to be obedient, you will help us to be peaceful, you will help us to know your love, oh God. Father God, we thank you and we praise you. Touch every heart online right now. We pray, Father God, that seeds of salvation will be sown in the hearts of those who do not know you, Father God. Let your words, Father God, lift them out of their situation. Let your words, Father God, fill them with your peace, fill them with your love and nourish them, oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.